G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz and this is episode number 54 of the Outback Mine podcast. Hobart man Mark Kempster is my guest or our guest tonight. Uh, Mark uh, has got a really uh, interesting story, um, which I'm sure many people out there in regional communities will relate to. Mark had a a gambling problem, which was you know quite significant. Um, all along, he was actually working within the betting industry, um, so he had sort of it coming at him from both ends, uh, encouraging people to gamble, and also he was uh, gambling fairly heavily himself. So Mark. Um, Mark has bravely um, uh, said he'd come on and, and talk about his journey, which I believe is going to help a lot of people out there, uh, whether it's yourself, if you're going through an issue, or you know someone that is. I really encourage you to have a listen to this conversation. Uh, if you do know someone that's having problems, uh, you know, please share, share it with them, because um, I think having lived experience in this particular area and knowing the triggers and so forth and the things that actually Mark went through would really help uh, people out there that are experiencing similar things. So. Hope you enjoy our conversation. Uh, really want to um, thank Green Nutritionals, who are a primary partner for the podcast here. They supply organic superfoods, green superfoods, um, different types of supplements which really support our physical and mental health. So please check them out and support them. It's greennutritionals.com.au and also Pure Life Organic Sprouted Bakery. Um, they make the best bread in Australia, I believe. It's good fermented uh, sorry, uh, sprouted, I should say, bread that's actually easy to digest. It helps our gut health, helps our mental health as well. So much better than the traditional gluten products that we, uh, a lot of us guys and people uh, in regional communities are, uh, are consuming. So I really encourage you to check out their website too, purelife.com.au. Their bread's available throughout Australia. You'll be able to get it anywhere. It's, uh, it's awesome stuff, so please check them out. Alrighty, please sit back, enjoy my conversation with Mark. You may find a little bit confronting at times but i just hope that you uh, can sit through the podcast and listen it to uh listen to it till uh to, to the end so there's lots of good information to come from this one mark kempster welcome to the outback mind podcast thank you i really appreciate having you on mate so uh it'd be an honor half and half other people you've had on so far so <laughs> looking forward to it uh good on you mate i, I really uh Really, I'm grateful uh, for the opportunity to have a chat with you about uh, your journey and um, obviously what uh, what sort of comes from 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 gambling and you know, the, the the negative effects from from around all that. And I suppose, mate, you know, you've got a really interesting story to tell because you were sort of working within the industry and um, uh, obviously having the influence of uh, of gambling sort of thrown at you, um, you know, left, right, and centre. I would have thought, but mate, can you? Can you give us a bit of an idea about your background before we sort of dive too much uh, deeply into that? Yeah, so I've, um, I've, yeah, like you said, I worked in the industry for um, a couple of years so with Betfair in Tasmania and I've really enjoyed my time there. Um, so I'm, I'm a mad sports person. I've been a mad sports person all my life. I've played some footy down here in Tasmania at a very average level. And, um, and I um, and look, I've played every other sport I could ever try and do. And I, I, just, I love sport and I watch it every weekend. So getting a job at, at Betfair, um, I come out of the hospitality industry before that. So I did work with um, in gaming rooms and places like that before. Um, I ended up at Betfair. And then, yeah, look, it was a great job getting a job at Betfair. So I was 
got paid to watch sport every day, basically, which which was great. So, um, but then I was there for two years. Um, probably uh, over the probably the next four or five years before that, I I really started gambling heavily. Um, not not to an addiction level. I probably thought at that stage it was just something I'd like to do every Saturday, and I'd, I'd find reasons to to get to get to a pub with mates that had the TVs on with the racing and things like that to to, to make sure I could have a bet while I was there and, and probably controlled it okay, I thought, in those years. But obviously, um, being in the industry and and, um, and being able to watch it every day, it really, really didn't help what was going on with me personally and obviously my own mental health and the, and the addiction side of it. It started to spiral out of control a little bit from then on for those like, last couple of years and then um, left that fair in 2018 because they moved, moved the site to Melbourne and I had a young family so I didn't want to move across to Melbourne and then um, yeah look after that it definitely really got worse with the addiction and um, as we'll probably go on to during the podcast but um, yeah looking at ended up last year coming to a pretty stark realisation that I had a serious gambling addiction and and um, was, was lucky enough that my partner basically sprung me found out what I'd been doing with some of my money and um, put it on me that I needed to get myself right and put the steps in place to go and do that and coming out of bed in, um, in eight months now which has been fantastic and, and, and have a look back really which has been great but it was, it was a um, pretty dark time through most of last year for me when I, was, when I was getting through the really really bad part of it but yeah come to the other side now which is great What were you betting on? Uh, horse racing was my main main vice really look on. I said, I've, I wish to watch any sport and I, I could go through a game of football and whatever, think about having a bet um, during most of, even when I was addicted to, to the horse racing side of it. But um, yeah, horse racing was amazing for me. I couldn't watch a horse race or a, a dog race or a trot race without really having some type of interest in the race. So, And obviously, like every every punter, when they started, when the addiction started, so you start off with your wins and you, you get those little wins and you think, oh, how good is this? I've got this bit of money in my pocket and I have to do anything for it. And it just builds from there. Um, and yeah, so the horse racing, nearly, I'd watch it in my lunch break. I'd watch it. I'd listen to it on the way home on the radio. I'd, I'd watch it on the weekends when I could and work late, work more, try and plan, my, plan some of my days around be able to watch the races on a Saturday or something like that. So, yeah. It's, um, yeah, it got pretty out of hand around the horse racing side of things. Yeah, incredible, mate. So, so why did this begin? So what, what was it in your upbringing that made you... Uh, I suppose be attracted to, to to gambling. Did you have other people in your family that gambled uh, 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 often, or was it something that you sort of got uh, involved with with mates with football and that type of thing? And where did the interest spark? Yeah, not at all at home. Look, my family's they were non-gamblers. Mum and Mum get a Saturday ticket on a Saturday or something like that. Dad was never one to to gamble around me. Um, and my parents were separated, but we always had a good relationship with both my parents, which was great, but no no type of um, issues around gambling in my house ever, really. It's something that I think I came to being around sporting clubs at a young age. Like I was going through, probably playing the reserves for 17, 18 down here in Hobart with some of the older boys and seeing, seeing these guys having the form guys out in the, the change room for the game. And, um, back in the day, you set the call up and put a bet on over the phone and hearing people do that after a game around me and just saw the enjoyment, I suppose, they got out of it. And I thought it was something that was just part of the culture of being around sporting clubs. And I think that's where it kind of got ingrained in me a bit there. And then um, obviously enjoyed going the, going to rate the races as well. I'm a pretty social social person. I enjoy a beer and, 
obviously like going out to the races and on cup days down here in Tasmania and, and things like that. And I think it's just the, the, the type of culture and the, I was in just really brought it on, I suppose, um, for, for, yeah, to, to really um, become something I'd really enjoy a lot of the time. Yep. So... When you were when you were like right into it, um, as far as uh, you know, really having a well, let's call it an addiction now, but like you know, you, you're probably unconscious of it at the time. But once you were sort of in that mindset, was it on your on your mind twenty four hours a day? It was. Look, not like I said over the probably the last twelve to eighteen months before. I did something about it. Obviously, it was it was something that was on my mind the whole time. Like I was, um, it, it never really it didn't affect my work, but it definitely it, it affected my relationships massively. I became a really, really bad person to be around. To be honest, I was a really angry person. I was a um, I was a lot a lot to a lot of people about what was going on to cover my gambling, and and so it really took a massive effect on my relationships. I'm just lucky I had a, a very strong and amazing partner who 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 stuck with me when everything came out and to, to um to support me. But um, even she knew there was stuff going on. So um yeah, it, it definitely got to a point last year, probably in the last six months before it got found out, where I was. Waking up, I'd, I'd look at my phone, I'd, I'd look at Facebook or Twitter, but and then the next thing I'd do would be jumping on the to, to the to, to Betfair or somewhere like that and have a look at the odds for that day. And I'd, yeah, working in Betfair and working in the industry, um, it definitely um, it, it gave me the it's, I sort of gave me the knowledge around how to bet properly, and I thought I had this little edge on everybody else, I suppose, because I had this. I had this background. I, I know some of these horses at country tracks because I'd watch them on a Tuesday afternoon when I was working and things like this. So I, I thought it gave me this little edge on everyone else. So I had some, some like just some, 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 some noise that came through from that. So I, I think about that and I'd hear this horse is running or I'd just see it there and I thought, oh, I know that horse. I'd back that one. And, and before I knew it, I'd have 50 bucks, 70 bucks outlaid before lunchtime type of thing um, yeah. some days. And it turned out tending to be every other day. And, I was betting and just, you know, just stalling out of control from there. But yeah. it got to the point last year where I just couldn't get away from it, really. Yeah. So what did you do to arrest it? Uh, well, to start with, it wasn't much easy. You know, I had a, um, well, obviously, with the, the, the grand final being moved to, to Cox Plate Day last year because of the COVID issues, that I've, I planned my whole Cox, I thought that how good this, I can get my mates around the pub, I can get an excuse to get them down there, we can sit up there and, at midday, and I can I can punt and, and not and just I've been in an environment where people wouldn't even care what I was doing, and I ended up probably losing uh, I don't know how much a fair chunk of money that day, probably close to a thousand dollars that day I think overall, um, and then I obviously was in a pretty pretty bad bad mood and bad bad place after that day, and went to a mate's place to watch the grand final and uh, had way too many beers and pretty much passed out at half-time in the football because I was so upset with myself. I just decided to drink myself stupid that night and got home, left my phone open, and partner had, had shared some inkling, obviously, on like how just the moods I've been in around home, how that something wasn't right, so she had to my account. And, and so she just went back, she went back through 12 months worth of transactions and saw the amount of money that I'd blown in the last 12 months and pretty much put it on me the next day when I got up that, that I've got an addiction and, and, and she, how disappointed she was. But... Um, yeah, look, said she'd um, said she'd stick by me, which was which was massive at the time for me, um, mm. because I I generally thought that that some that I was 
To, to be able to you know, stand up and, and take those interventions I, I guess that's something that can be really difficult uh, to make that first step and there's probably a lot of people listening that may not, not have had the supports that you had um, uh, you know around you being uh, so you know, your wife that sort of wasn't um, wasn't too judgmental or critical around it and um, you know she's able to support you and give you the guidance that you needed uh, to be able to help you make the changes that you uh, that you did, mate. Did you find it really confronting once you did that to be able to maybe go to a psychologist for the first time in your life or you know, the people that could actually help you? Did you find it really difficult to open up? Yeah, well, this is the thing. Like, I'm, I've come from... Um, well, my family's always been very open. We've always been to talk about things, but I've just... I, it's such a... Um, I don't know. It's, it's such a... There's still a stigma around the gambling side of it. So people just don't. They think, oh, what? We just stop gambling. Like it's not, it's not a real proper addiction. Some of these things. So I could, it, to, to, I didn't really want to go and seek the support. I thought it was always something I could, I could handle by myself. And I did, and I tried to handle, handle it by myself last year. And some of the, um, the, the ways in which you can, you can, they give you to try and handle it by yourself with these companies now, um, which, which will go on to later on in the podcast. It just. Um, they're just not they're, they're, they're not sufficient enough so you can um, <laughs> pardon me um, you can you can go and try and block yourself from these apps but it's just not something sorry Aaron right. <laughs> get rid of it mate get it out of you more than they talk to you and you explain how you're feeling and they just give you these little 
little tips, I suppose, and little tricks to, to, to be able to manage your, your emotions and your, and your mental health a lot better than what you can do by yourself trying to get through, through an addiction. So, like, yeah, if, if anyone is struggling with an addiction, uh, it, it's so hard to, to reach out the first time. And once you do reach out the first time, it, it, it makes it a hundred times easier to try and deal with what you're going through at the time. Yeah. I guess as guys, mate, we find it really difficult to, uh, to, to, to take that first step and open up and we're worried about the judgment of what others might think about us or uh, how they might react to our situation. They might call us weak or, or whatever. Um, but I guess the, the ones that are really close to you in your life are the ones that will stand up and support you. Would you agree? Oh, definitely. Like I said, I wouldn't have got through the last last eight months without my partner and my mum and my dad and stepmum and brothers and my, my close friends who I told pretty much straight away as well. Like I, like, I, like you said, like I, I always, I, I thought I had this view, people had this view of me as somebody as quite a strong, strong person and they, I think they saw me as this person they could come to, like, for, for for racing stuff, it's a bit of a weird thing to say, but I, I kind of built myself around this persona as I'm the racing guy. People could like I'm that that person in the, in the club or wherever I was or in the friendship group that they could come to and like we could go have a bet and have a beer, that type of thing. I wanted to be that type of person, so to try and break that own um, the way I thought about myself was the hardest thing as well, and, and what people would think about me if I told them that I've, the whole time I've, I've put this type of this face on when I've, when I've been with them to try and hide what's what's going on and whether they thought I was weak or something like that after it. But like I said, they, they couldn't have been more supportive. And, and the, so the more people you can get into to try and help you and and, and just understand that if you've got the right people around you, people love you, they're, they're going to support you. And and it's, it's probably all in your head that, that, about the way people you how, how you think people are going to react to you when you tell them those things so um, it, it's definitely you can't get through it by yourself you know it's interesting like as guys we get really stuck uh, on that and we sort of think well geez you know what's what's Bobby going to think about me or Pat or whoever yeah. it may be you know yeah. and um, once you actually start to open up and, 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 and release uh, what's going on it's amazing how People can wrap their arms around you and sort of say, "Well, yeah, look, you know, uh, it is a great, uh, a great thing you've been able to done to be courageous enough to, or do to be courageous enough to, to, to bring this up." And and that's when the growth happens. But we start to walk up the the ladder rather than down it, you know. And um, we we quite often find as guys, whether it be an addiction to something, it might be it might be drinking, it might be cigarettes, it might be drugs, it might be porn, it could be any of those sorts of things um, that yeah. we sort of get stuck in when we actually start to be able to lift the lid off the can, then all of a sudden we can make those changes, mate. So so what did it yeah. look like from there? So it's been eight months now. Have you had temptation and so forth to, to, to go back and do some of these things again or how's it been for you? Uh, early on, yeah, definitely had temptation. For first, um, uh, probably two two months or so, um, I had temptations to definitely go back and, and have a look at it. And like, I, 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 because I've been around it so long, I just had a general, like I, I generally enjoyed watching a horse race, as funny as it was. I actually generally liked the sport and then like the gambling side of it away from that. But like, I, I still had an interest to, to go and maybe have a look at, at who won the, like say the Melbourne Cup because the week it happened like obviously Cox Plate the week before the Melbourne Cup that whole next week's the biggest week you have in, in racing for the whole year so it's not a great week to, to go and try and um, to go try and fight an addiction because you're, you're um, it's, 
you, you can't get away from that whole week. So I, I took myself away on Melbourne Cup Day, went up the coast with, with Dad to play golf here in Tasmania and, mm. and just, just got out of, out of Dodge for a while um, just to, to get away from it. And then, but yeah, look, the, the, two, the first two months after it was really hard, but you've just got to put some mechanisms in place. And this is what my psychologist it really helped me with down here is just to put some things in place that you like to do that, that isn't gambling to, to go and do that when you get an urge. So mm. whether it's go in the movies, go go down, go go to go take your dog for a walk. I've got my I've got a two year old son who, who's my world, and, and like I, I just go and, go and take him down the park and play with him for mm. for two hours. Like to, to just find something you you enjoy doing. Go and do it um, for the when you do feel an urge coming on, and then have some other little mechanisms in place if you are in a public place. Um, like I got some really good help with breathing. I got some really good help with um, just trying to bring myself back to the present and just remembering where I was and what and why why I'm not gambling anymore and those type of things. So getting these little bits of things you can add to your to your arsenal to stop the urge is just the main thing. So, but look, once I got through that first two months and I dealt with it, I just I wouldn't I get out of the house on the Saturday, so I wasn't around home when the main racing days were on. Um, I'd tell my mates if I was having a hard time that day, I'd let them know that. Kill someone, can we, can we go get a beer? Can we um, can we go play golf? Can we go do something like that just to get me out of the house if I was struggling yeah. one of the days with it? And then, um, yeah, those, those type of things. So um, it's, it's just about the little things you put around yourself to help you all the time. Did you find that, um, like, you know, you might get a hot tip on a horse that's going to win at Launceston on, yeah. the, on the weekend and <laughs> you think, fuck, I can go and make $100 on that. Uh, and I know yeah. I'm going to get some. I paid the mortgage for the month exactly. So yeah. um, I did. Look, I did, and that that was one of the other things because I told a lot of my close mates. I told probably seven or eight of my really good mates, close mates, my family, and that. But I didn't even I didn't tell my extended family. I didn't tell them who I worked with what was going on at, at the start because I again I didn't want them to see me as such a, as a, as this vulnerable person who they didn't know. And, and not believe the person I was anymore, basically. That's what I was worried about. And, mm. and um, so I didn't tell those guys, those people at the start. So I still had mates of work coming up to me going, oh, I'm like, what is it for the weekend, Mark? Because it always came over me and I'd give them a tip for the weekend or something like that because that's who they saw me at and, and things like that. And I'd, I'd end up being just going, no, I haven't got anything, and just walking off and, and starting to feel quite quite rude to people around me when I was doing that. And so in the end, I got towards probably Christmas time last year and, and just, um, I, I put something up on my Facebook page and just told everybody what had been going on with me and just was honest about the whole thing. And I'm, I've got, I've got addiction. I'm working through it. I just, I need people to, like, I, I still want to talk about sport with you, but in terms of the gambling side of it, I, I've got no interest in doing it. So please don't talk to me about it anymore. Yeah. And what, like, again, the support I got from doing that was fantastic. And, and it's, it made it a hell of a lot easier again, just to have not, not have these tips coming in. But it, it is a really hard thing to start with trying to, trying to break the cycle because you've got a lot of your friends. They see you as that person. They they want to talk to you about what what you you think you're interested in a lot of the time, and, and then so you had to be had to be as honest as you can with everyone around you to try and make it a lot easier for yourself to, to stop those urges and stop those tips and those little bit of bit of information coming in and um, and trying to get away from it. How old are you now, mate? Thirty three. Thirty three. Well, you know, really it's a really really great time for you now to nip that in the bud and uh, obviously make some some significant changes. Uh, in your life where you can uh, obviously, you know, improve your own mental health by, by avoiding this but helping others. So do you have plans to maybe do what you can to, to uh, raise awareness and, and maybe campaign in some way to, to, to help others uh, that may be experiencing the same thing? 
Definitely am. Look, that, that's my main, my main goal now. I've really got a passion around trying to get some reform happening in the industry. Um, and, like, obviously, baby steps at the moment with it. But I'm, I, I, we need more support in place for people who are struggling with addiction, especially around gambling at the moment. So I'm going to try and really start pushing um, some, some changes that I see necessary in the industry. Now I've been on both sides of, of addiction and, and working in there and just trying to... Um, to, to, to get some people on board around that and hear other people's stories. I'm, like, I want to hear from people who, who, are, who have struggled with some of, the, some of the similar things I have and, and the, the issues they've had trying to get away from it and how they think it could be, it, what, like, the, the, what support they would have needed at the time to, to, yeah. to break their addiction. So yeah. um, I, I've got a, um, I'm starting up a, um, a little, I suppose, um, community group advocacy group called Odds Off, which I'm... Um, I'm going to get some, some social media presence going with that soon so people can reach out to me and okay. um, got some meetings with some, some politicians as well coming up hopefully to have a talk about what I can possibly do as well, which would be really great. It's uh, it's, it's so difficult, mate. Um, obviously, if you like sport, it's there in front of you all the time. Whether you like trying to get healthy but the junk food is getting advertised uh, at you consistently yeah. or you're trying to quit drinking and you're constantly getting bombarded with food. Mate, unfortunately, look... We, we're in a society which is pretty much upside down in many ways and, and we're trying to be able to do what we can to be healthy but we're getting diverted away from, from that consistently. So I guess it's being able to build resilience enough so you can sort of say, well, I can see what's really going on here. I know what the agenda is behind all this. It's not right. So the more yeah. people can actually sort of say, well, hey, hang on a minute, what are you trying to do here? You're trying to... Uh, to make us unhealthy by promoting this. And, and the messages that I got was, um, well, everyone's got a choice, you know, but that's not really a smart, uh, a smart reaction because primarily a lot of people out there are doing it tough and they're getting influenced easily. And um, until governments actually like stand up and are brave enough to say, well, no, we don't want to do this anymore. We want to try and uh, change the culture. And it's really important yeah. for people like you and I to have these conversations so we can encourage people to maybe be more self-aware otherwise they get led down the path like you did and then be able to, um, you know, hopefully stand up and move away. But many don't, mate. Many, many uh, develop significant mental health problems through drinking alcohol, mm-hmm. bad eating, all that type of thing. But also, um, you know, it's, yeah, a, little, it's, a, it's a cultural thing. That's right. It's a cultural thing in Australia that, that you, you grow up, especially around sporting clubs and environments. It's this cultural thing that, that you play sport on the weekend, you have a beer, you have a beer that type of thing. It's been ingrained in the Australian culture probably for way too long now. It's a very hard cycle to try and break, but I think what the industry is trying to do a lot of the time with the way they advertise is they want to make it um, as, like, unique. You can't enjoy your sport unless you to the top level unless you've got any, like, a game, like, you've got a a game or a race, something like that. That's, That's how they want you to try and to, to think now as the way they advertise, they, you've got to have some type of investment in the sport, monetary wise, to, to make your, your, your watching experience as enjoyable as possible. Yeah, that's uh, that's false at the end of the day, isn't it? Like the pure joy of sport, which will amplify your nervous system, you know, there's excitement there, but they're actually like trying to capitalize on that excitement, which is neuromarketing. Uh, that's, that's its term. So to be able mm. to get you when you're in a heightened state to be able to consume and uh we've got to really be conscious of that and uh the agenda behind it all mate and um uh you know mark i'm really really grateful for you reaching out because i'm sure this conversation will help uh plenty of people out there that have got um 
any issues with regards to their own journey is there any way that anyone can touch base with you mate so they can you know get a little bit more information on what you've done to to help um yourself but also to be able to let them know about what you're doing in the future with uh, with what you're trying to set up Definitely. Look, I'm, uh, you can reach out to me on my email address, um, markkempster27 at gmail.com at the moment. That's probably the best way to get in touch with at the moment. Um, if you can look up, there's going to be a Facebook page started in the next couple of days called Odds Off, O-S-S-O-S-S. They'll be on Facebook and you can reach out to me there. If I really want to hear from people who have had similar issues to what I have and and um, the, the main thing we're trying to tackle, I suppose, what I'm doing is the duty of care side of things. To the, the, the sorry, the lack of duty of care that these, these industries, mm. um, the industry has to their, to their customers. Like, it's for example, was one thing that I really wanted to, to, to bring up today is like to, to try and get away from from gambling. Uh, they make it for you to try and get away from it. Whether it's like obviously the advertising on TV, but mm. just the way their, their their apps are set up and things like that. Like I tried to take a break last year from gambling um, on one of the one of the other companies' apps. I think I took a, tried to take a break sixteen times, and every time I went, and my, my account opened back up, that they was they just let me go free for all again. There was no restrictions around me. There was no yeah. um, nobody reached out to me and asked. Like, didn't get an email from anybody asking if I was okay or. You know, I think I had an issue or anything like that. They just let me back in, and some like some weekends they give me double the double my money or things like to keep me interested that weekend. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that lack of junior care around like how how they set their apps up and things like that. Like, we, they really need to have some type of things in place to regulate that a lot better. And and just because ad, addicts can't control those things themselves, so they need help. They need. But they're not going to be able to stop, so they need these things to place to stop them before the things get bad. But mm. um, yeah, look, reach out on those those two pages I mentioned. Um, obviously, I'll get back. You want to message me on either of those things? I'll get back to you as soon as I can, and we'll have a chat, and we'll um, and we'll, we'll go from there with it. Whoever wants to have a chat about it. Yeah, good work, mate. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, you, you're right. Certainly, that's. Uh yeah, that, 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 that enticement is there consistently. Like, let's, let's stand up and actually sort of say, well, no, enough's enough here. You know, we're getting bombarded. Yeah. But we've got, to, we've got to try and change that culture because it's really, uh, I'll, I'll use the word sinister because it probably is, you know. We're, it's we're, predatory. Yeah, predatory, we're, mate. yeah we're trying to yeah. prey on people that are vulnerable and that's, that's not a great way yeah. to be, mate. So, Mark, yeah. uh, really, really grateful for your time and uh, and discussing your, your journey, mate. And you should be really proud of yourself, as I said, for what you've been able to do. And it's just a start for you, mate. There's lots of good things to come now. So I uh, hope that lots of people listen to this podcast and share it to others that may be experiencing similar problems that you. Yeah, no, again, Aaron, I really appreciate you having me on. It's, it's something that really needs to start being talked about more openly in society. So hopefully we can, um, we can take a step in the right direction all together soon and, and make some changes, some really positive changes in the world for it. Cheers, mate. Guys, uh, yeah, look, as I mentioned, if you or anyone you know is experiencing issues with gambling or whatever it may be, uh, please don't be afraid to reach out. And I really encourage you to touch base with Mark so you can you can get some, some, some encouragement from him, someone that's actually walked the path. So... Uh, I think it's important to, to, to bring people like Mark onto this podcast so they can tell their story about what they've gone through and the, the traps and so forth that they've fallen into. So probably very similar to yourself or someone that you know or just in general, just getting some knowledge around this sort of stuff. Um, I'm really passionate about trying to promote or give positive messages through things like sport rather than negative all the time, which takes us down a rabbit hole, which can lead to consequences like Mark's experience and 
and, and many others in many ways. So appreciate your feedback on this too. Uh, if you want to email me, support at outbackmind.com.au, the email, at, uh, sorry, the website, outbackmind.com.au. Some awesome guests coming up in the next few days too. So please tune in, please share the podcast with others. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye.